Welcome to the first ever episode of Suncast, the official podcast of Somos Unidos News and your source for the latest news on New Mexico United. I am one of your hosts, Seth Benoff, and we've got a special show for you this week. Not only are we celebrating our inaugural show, but also the return of the USL Championship. On tonight's show, we're going to take a look ahead at the season at large and give you our thoughts on what we think the keys will be for United to have another successful season. Before we jump into the show, I want to plug our written content. By the time you're hearing this, the first part of a three-part series should have dropped over at dadventuresmedia.com forward slash Somos Unidos. We reached out to some friends of the show, Josh Carrillo from ProView Networks and Earl Nieto of Somos Unidos News, to get their takes on various aspects of last season, the offseason, and get their predictions for 2020. The first article in our series takes a look back at 2019, what it meant to our panel, and how they think the club succeeded. Be sure to check that out uh, again over on our website. Part 2 will be dropping this Saturday, February 29th. That's all the housekeeping we've got for tonight. First episode, not a whole lot. You know what? We're here to talk United. Joining me tonight, along with each and every week, is my partner and co-host, Jacob Terrell. Jacob, I don't know about you, man, but I am so excited to be talking about New Mexico United finally. Oh, I can't wait. I'm, I've been waiting way too long, it feels like. And uh, we've talked off air about stuff on and off, and I'm just finally excited to really dig in and, and look at what's coming up and what happened during the off season, and, and just talk about how what we should expect coming up, man. Uh, I, you know, you and I are both in the same boat. We've been, like you said, we talked it off air, and we've been looking through, you know, all the roster moves, all the things that have happened in your front office, uh, news about the club, trying to figure out just what exactly is going to happen. You know, we've we've been thinking about this all off season long, but you. Know, the biggest thing, though, for us is um, we, we've started this new project. Um, let's talk a little bit about how this actually came to be before we jump into the, the meat of our show. Um, you and I started another podcast together, Dad Ventures, uh, the Dad Ventures podcast. And through some other discussions, we came about on starting a United podcast. And we worked out a partnership. Well, you worked out a partnership with uh, Somos Unidos. So tell us a little bit about that. How did that come to be, and uh, you know what was their take on us starting a podcast and you know doing coverage of the club um, with them? Well, yeah, you know, um, last season we started off uh, not having a whole lot of coverage from any of the local media here, uh, so we decided to do something about it and started a printed newsletter uh, with a bunch of us fans and. Uh, we uh, started off strong, kind of fizzled out towards the end of the year. It was a lot of work for a lot of people that also had other lives and jobs that we had to deal with. So um, this year we knew we were going to have to retool. And uh, me and you talked about doing something United, and I wasn't sure if Somos News News was going to be involved in that or not. But then uh, I started talking to Earl, um, and he was all about kind of teaming up and using the website, having a tab on the website and uh, stuff like that. And then I told him we were going to do a podcast and he was excited about that. He'll, he'll eventually be on a show or two sometime this season. But, um, so yeah, that's basically how this came about, how Suncast came about. Um, it, it, uh, it's going to be different than last year, what we were doing with Suncast or with some listeners news. But I think, uh, this new version, this updated version with the podcast and the website and, uh, still got the Facebook page and we still want to plan on doing some stuff in the community. Uh, I think that'll, it'll be able to continue our mission that we started last year for to just kind of shed positive light on New Mexico, like the club is doing and kind of spread their Somos Unidos message. Um, but it'll be a little bit more efficient and a little bit less stressful for the people involved. And I'm really excited about the changes that we've made and, and the podcast being one of the biggest ones and one of the ones I'm most excited for. 
Yeah, you and I both got into this last year, uh, starting from a fan perspective. You know, you joined the curse. Uh, I just started showing up to matches. Uh, met a couple other supporters of United. Started covering the club uh, for ESPN Radio one one seven, the team here in town, and it just kind of went from there. Um, and this, to me, like seeing what you guys did with Somos and with what the other outlets did around the club, I think it really did generate a real sense of community, something that you don't typically see around um, here, around town. Because really there wasn't anything you know, that was really pulling people together. Sure, we have the isotopes. You know, we've got you know the, the ice wolves out in, uh, I think they play up at Santa Ana, right? And No, uh, they play... They play over off of tramway, off tramway at the ice rink. Yeah, right there by the county line. You know, There's and I know they've got there. their supporters. You know, I've seen more and more Ice Wolf stickers around town recently, but I've never seen anything pull, you know, in, in my decade here in Albuquerque, I've never seen anything pull the community together like this club has. And you've seen so many different things pop up. And that's why, you know, when when I got the chance to, to approach you about uh, about Dad Ventures Media and starting this, like it really excited me. And when you said that Earl and it was he was super excited about us doing this, um, and some of the things that you mentioned that you know like Logan and some of the other guys have possibly talked about doing, I think it opens up a whole world of possibilities for stuff we can do. And you know our goal is to try to bring you know consistent, high quality coverage and hopefully opinions and things that other folks aren't going to be bringing to this club, you know, bringing to the, to the media surrounding it. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. All right. So New Mexico United, fantastic first season, unfortunately went out first round of the playoffs and play on round. We've had a long off season. I don't know about you, but I've been going stir crazy. There hasn't been a whole lot going on as far as, you know, sports-wise. Neither of our football teams did very well last year. Um, you know, so what did you do during this offseason when there was, first of all, when, when there was no news from the club? And then once news started trickling out, you know, what did you do? What, what were you doing to fill that time, you know, while you were waiting for, for the new season to kick off? Well, you know, last year was really my first year following soccer religiously. Um so in order to stay, get more current on it and stuff like that, I, I definitely dove into the English Premier League a little bit and some other leagues over in Europe. Um, but for the most part, it was just literally watching United's social media and waiting and waiting and waiting for any any little tidbit of news that they would leak out. I know every time that they did a player announcement and they put out player announcement tomorrow at this time, like, five minutes before nine o'clock if it was going to be at nine o'clock i was i had facebook up i was refreshing it just waiting and waiting and waiting and it, it was a like i guess technically time-wise it wasn't really that long because we have a pretty long season i mean it's from march all the way to october and then into november if you go deep in the playoffs and it just for whatever reason it felt way longer than it actually was and that was even with distractions like christmas and you know i've got Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving this year was my anniversary and then my wife's birthday and my son's birthday. And even with all those distractions, it still felt like it took forever. So basically, I I watched a little bit of sports. I watch, I'm a basketball fan too, so filled it with some sports, but a lot of it was just waiting. That's all it was. <laughs> just waiting and hoping. 
Yeah, no, what about it you? Definitely was. Oh yeah, absolutely. So much waiting was going on. Like it was you know, once uh, the season ended. You know, I still you know I, I'm a big soccer fan. So of course you know Premier League kicked off uh, right just after the end of uh, or right down the end of the USL Championship season. So you know I'm an Everton supporter. You know Atlanta United was still playing. So I still had things to watch, but you know there was just a difference. You know, I'm fifteen hundred miles away, eighteen hundred miles away from Atlanta, from you know, from my hometown club. Yeah, and then I'm however many more thousand miles away from you know my Premier League club that I follow. And so, waiting for the off season for those guys is like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, that's it, off season. You know, we'll hear news here and there, but being so involved with New Mexico United and being hands-on, like diving so far into this club and everything that it stands for, I think it just made the off-season wait like that much worse. And it was really hard to try to fill that, fill that time. Like you said, Christmas, birthdays, all that kind of stuff. You know, we had our anniversary as well. And I just kept, again, just kept waiting. Like you said, you know, you were on Facebook, I was on Twitter. Okay, where's the where's the latest news? And, you know, over on the New Mexico United subreddit, you know, it's basically like a race between, you know, a few of us to get the latest news up up there on the on the Reddit, you know, trying to say like, okay, here's what the club is doing. People are just like, okay, what's coming? You know, trying to figure out who's coming, who's going, uh, all that kind of information. And I think it really just like stuck with everyone that we have something that we're building and we want to know more. We want to know what's the, what the next step is for this club. And it, I think it was right around the first of the year, just after the first year, we started, you know, things started trickling out. And so, you know, we're going to get into all this, you know, as, as far as, you know, in our written previews and later on in this show. Um, and, and even next week, you know, in our, in our week one preview. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just been an incredible feeling this offseason, not really knowing that that, that anxiousness waiting to hear from the club like what's going to happen exactly exactly and and it was it was kind of strange how with every like i mean let's be honest most of the signings that we had you know i had never heard of when they announced it but that kind of made it fun because it was like okay we signed like romeo parks it was like okay let's do a deep dive on romeo parks and it was google and highlights and uh, low lights uh, at times for him, but um, it was just like, whoa, okay, this I can get behind this guy. I can get behind this guy. I think Kalen Ryden was the only one that uh, I had watched and kind of stood out and was like, okay, I know exactly who that is. I know he's really good. I know he just won the championship, so I didn't do as much of a deep dive on him. And then like Santi leaving, how it just like took everybody's breath away and everybody was upset about it. It the whole soccer community for United just kind of hung off of every bit of news and it affected us so much every time that there was an announcement with one of our players leaving or some of our players coming back or new players that were signing. It was, it was a, it was a long off season that uh, had its ups and downs, but I definitely am excited for, for the first match coming up on the seventh for sure. Are you going to be going to that match? Ah, that one. I was going to say, speaking of that one, um, so the first match of the season, of course, <laughs> is in Austin. Um, I, w- I would love to be able to go to that. Uh, not going to be able to, unfortunately. Um, we have plans later in the month of March to uh, head out to Phoenix. Not for United match or anything oh, nice. like that. Um, but so because of that, couldn't take time off uh, to head out to Austin. Um, I know uh, the curse is putting together some stuff. Are you heading out with the, with the curse? 
Uh, no, um, as you know from our other podcast about dad life, uh, dad life doesn't necessarily lend itself to right. traveling a whole lot with the club. Um, I made it to one away match last year. I went to Colorado Springs, which was kind of a, we went on a family vacation to Red River the same week that we played in Colorado Springs for the regular season match. And I sweet talked my wife into letting us continue that and drive up to Colorado Springs from Red River and stay a couple more nights and go to the game. Um, I'm hoping to get to Phoenix this year for the match out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, just because I, Phoenix is by far the, uh, biggest rival in my heart anyways. And especially it just added fuel to the fire with Santi going there. Uh, so, so that is the match on my calendar that I am definitely going to try my hardest to get to. There are several others that I wouldn't mind going to San Diego or El Paso, San Diego, Colorado Springs, uh, but unfortunately for Austin, I just couldn't make that work uh, this month. So, so not going to make it. But I still got my ESPN Plus. Still going to be watching it. Probably watch it twice, uh, as a matter of fact. And uh, so, yeah, that's a uh, that's my plan for that one. I wish we could go, but you know, you know how it is. It just yeah doesn't always work. Well, maybe that's, that's maybe that should be a goal for us. You know here. Um through the whole, through Dad Ventures Media, so almost need us, you know, to try to see if we can't raise some money, get us to a couple of these away, away matches, you know, maybe an open cup match or something, you know. Yeah, sure. I think that'd be ideal. So, uh, and, and to your point about Phoenix, Phoenix is definitely the rival. The heck with all this El Paso stuff. Uh, El Paso is not our rival. I'm sorry, it just isn't. Uh, and like you said, Phoenix definitely takes on a much bigger meaning now. You know, since Santi is out there. Uh, so yeah, it, it, that match is definitely going to be, uh, one of those ones, you know, to, that I would say look forward to later this season. Um, Agreed. but yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I, like you, I would love to get to the away matches. Uh, but yeah, being a dad and working multiple jobs and stuff like that, it definitely makes it hard, but mm-hmm. we will be watching, uh, on Saturday, March 7th for the opening match, probably be doing some tweeting during that as well. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have a preview of that. We'll have, uh, the, both through the podcast and on the website, and we will have uh, recaps as well. So stay tuned for all that. All right. Let's jump right into it. Let's get down and dirty with New Mexico United. They've been putting on a lot of stuff lately. Uh, some of the more recent news, of course, for the club. The biggest deal for me probably is so the, the club went up to the roundhouse up in Santa Fe. Uh, I believe it was last week. And at the end of the legislative at the end of the legislative session, it came out that New Mexico United was going to be the recipient of $4.1 million in capital outlay funds for the Multicultural Center Development. Now, Jacob, you, you've been doing some digging into this. You know, what For those that aren't familiar with what capital outlay funds are, what, is, what exactly is the club going to be doing with this? So from my understanding, what they're going to be doing is they're going to take that money along with some privately funded money, um, and they're going to find a site research it, possibly buy the land, and then do a design for the stadium. And uh, they're, from what I hear, they're trying to have that design and everything by midsummer this year uh, so that they can start moving forward on actual construction, hopefully this next offseason or even earlier. So in the past, I know the, the Albuquerque Soul, the, I believe they are now unfortunately defunct, uh, uh, Basically, I think they were USL League Two club. 
uh, last yes. season. Um, they did a feasibility study a few years ago for a for a soccer specific stadium, um, and then there were possible sites that were drawn up last year as well. Uh, one of the particular locations that was mentioned was the old rail yards. Um, there's basically a whole. I'm sure you saw there the whole corridor corridor uh, through downtown Albuquerque, basically, of areas that could be possible for a stadium for the club. Do you think that one of those sites is going to be among uh, the finalists of where a stadium could be in the future? Or do you think they put it somewhere else? If so, where? So I think now this is just my sole opinion. This is not reporting whatsoever. But I I feel like the rail yards is the front runner right now. Um, I think another couple options that are, are higher on the list are 12th Street, if 12th Street or so, and I-40. I know there's some land there. And then out where they have their practice facility right now um, over in Mesa del Sol, I think that's what it's called, uh, out where the General Pavilion is. Um, I think those are probably the three leading candidates. Uh, I know Peter has talked multiple times over and over again about wanting the stadium to be downtown, which I think kind of rules out over by the General Pavilion. or is Leta Pavilion. I, I'm, I'm old. I remember as the Jerk Pavilion. Sorry. Um, so I think that kind of rules that one out. And I think the rail yards, uh, it's it's a spot that, I mean, I used to uh, break in there at night with friends all the time to walk around that place and how spooky it was. And and uh, I think that it could definitely use some revitalization and, and that area of town could definitely use a pick-me-up. And with the railroad being right there, I think uh, a rail runner station right there would be nice. I think uh, you could have enough land there to do a nice stadium, have tailgate parking, maybe have a parking structure. Um, so to me, that site is where I would personally look at putting it first and foremost. And I think the club kind of has their eyes on there as well. Again, that's not me with any insight actually talking to anybody from the club. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and going back all the way to November of last year, probably even before, like Peter is very specific in, in singling out the rail yards as a location that uh, he believed would be a great fit for the club to have a new stadium. And one of the things that's been absolutely amazing is that when it comes to uh, stadium funding and stadium uh, uh, popularity, I should say, or the, the idea of building a stadium, I would say that you know here in Albuquerque and around the state, I believe it received I think like sixty five percent favorability uh, around yeah. the state in support of building a stadium here, which I think is absolutely incredible. Agreed. Yeah, that was a study that I believe United had a outside agency uh, put on and asked people and survey people, and yeah, I think it was about like I said about sixty five percent of people, maybe even a little higher than that. I, I know it was right around two thirds of people said that they would. Uh, want that and are looking forward to that so i think all the news that we've heard about a stadium are definitely trending in a positive way and are uh making it sound like something's going to happen soon we'll have some more concrete news on it soon i believe um and if you look at the success of the club last season and the fact that the usl kind of mandates that um clubs playing in shared revenues where or venues like isops park or they're sharing a, another non-soccer specific stadium, whether it's a baseball stadium or not. They kind of mandate that you guys have a that team has a plan for their own soccer specific stadium 
or a soccer specific stadium uh, within X amount of years. Uh, and I think this is a, a good, good several first steps going towards that. Now it's, I know we had a two year lease with the isotopes or with the city for isotopes park mm-hmm. um, at, at the beginning of last year. So this is our second year on that lease. And that's by no means are we going to be ready to play in a new stadium next year. Uh, so I imagine at least two more years uh, here in the lab. And then, uh, and then after that, hopefully we'll have our place, our call a place to call our own. So you you're, you figure two years counting this year. Yes, yeah, okay. so the two years on the first lease and then two more years. Okay. So four years total in the lab, um, maybe even longer. I know that uh, Louisville City, uh, the club that is opening up their stadium this year, who uh, by all means are, are a club that we can definitely look at and kind of aspire to be with the success they've had both on and off the pitch and in their new stadium. Uh, I, I know it took them several, several years to get their own place. I think it was four um, if I'm remembering correctly. So, so yeah, I'm thinking right about that four year mark, we'll be able to get out and get our own spot as long as the dominoes keep falling at a pace that they're falling at now. Yeah. Everything is definitely falling where it needs to, uh, with the plans as far as the stadium goes. And even, you know, what the, what Peter said is going to go on around it, you know, the, the cultural center, uh, it definitely sounds like it's going to be a very, uh, not only is it going to be a benefit to the city and the citizens citizens of Albuquerque itself, but it also sounds like it's going to be also like a, a touristy area. Bring some folks in, you know, maybe some museums. I think they're talking about maybe a museum or some you know art centers, things like that. I, it's definitely going to be a big draw. Maybe we see a you know a meow wolf extension here in town. I don't know, but just just a, just an idea out there. I think they mentioned shopping and dining. Uh, it's definitely you know something that's going to like you said help revitalize that area of downtown. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not going to be just a soccer-specific stadium for us to go 17 matches a year and scream our heads off. There's definitely going to be, you know, it might open the door to a women's league, whether it's, I know USL is talking about putting a women's league together or NWSL, whichever one. Uh, so there'll be more soccer played in it. There'll be, I imagine, high school soccer will be played in it for the state championships would be my guess. Um so yeah, definitely going to be soccer, but there's also going to be so much more to it that I think, uh, like you said, we'll get people stopping in that area that aren't from here that are maybe not even soccer fans. I mean, I think a Meow Wolf extension there just, I mean, it, it makes almost perfect sense. Um, along with other art, I know they talked about doing like a rotating art exhibit place in there where, mm-hmm. you know, one week it's this and one week it's this or one month it's this and one month it's this. I, and I, the restaurants and all that, like you just said, I think, I think it's what um, Albuquerque needs as a kind of a shot in the arm. Uh, we're definitely trending upwards ever since United has started. We're getting more and more public, positive publicity out there for us, and uh, I think something like that will just kind of skyrocket our our popularity amongst not just local people, but but like you said, tourists as well. Could you imagine what that? what that might mean like once we get the stadium built you know bring in some of these mls clubs like bring in minnesota united bring in you know atlanta united la galaxy you know things clubs like that you know lafc you you mentioned you know there's a huge opportunity there to bring in you know tourist dollars to you know again help fund you know because it obviously it's most likely going to be you know both a split between public funding and private funding um so yeah, I mean, bringing that that money is going to help pay that pay that back off, 
and then you open it up for other things, you know, concerts, maybe balloon fiesta ties in somehow. I, I just I think it's gonna be a huge deal not only for the club but for the. Uh, I mean, you've got uh, Albuquerque FC, the women's club that's already here. Maybe this also yeah. helps them uh, get a new lease on life, you know? So exactly. it, there's a lot of positivity coming around this stadium. Uh, I think as long as it's done well, and Peter definitely has uh, the mindset to go out and make these things happen and make it positive for everyone that's involved in it. For sure, for sure. And uh, we're I'm really excited looking forward to that, but... Uh, some news that came out recently uh, about this year that we're about to start is, uh, well, you know, the Isotopes uh, MLS, or MLB mandated that uh, all stadiums have nets all the way down the foul lines. Um, and one of the things last year that really stuck out to me going to, like, like I said, not being really into the soccer culture um, after that first match, I because the first match I wasn't media then, I had my season tickets and they were down the first base line, kind of all the way in the corner, and the game ended, or the match ended, sorry, uh, and uh, we were, me and, me and my buddy that were there kind of got up, and we were ready to leave, and all I see is these little kids walking down towards the front, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then every single one of the United players shook every single person that's waited for them, their hands, and took selfies with them and everything like that, and I had never seen that before. And this net situation was going to lead to that being just different. It, I'm sure that they would, the United players would have walked around and said hi to everybody and, and talked to everybody still, but it just wouldn't have been that same connection. And uh, the news that came out after a ton of effort put in by the curse, uh, going to city council meetings and stuff like that. Um, and then a petition going around and, and just a really large uproar from the United fans saying, look, we understand that these nets are important for the baseball games, but we have to find some kind of happy medium here where we can have them down for the United games because it, it does take away from, from the atmosphere there at the lab for the soccer games. And it's going to cost the team quite a bit of money to do so, but they have come to an agreement where we can take down the nets every match and put them back up. I think we only have to do it like eight eight or nine times, I think, this season. But I think it's going to be about $10,000 a piece yeah. every time we have to do that. Uh, so that's a pretty good chunk of change that the team is going to have to dole out. And I know that I'm speaking for most, if not all, of the fan base that uh, we say thank you for that and that uh, it's going to be worth it. It really is because that's, that's going to contribute to that uh, – united feeling that we have with the team as fans what are your thoughts on that yeah no absolutely just like when a club was announced you know this monument this this would have been a monumental change to the atmosphere at the lab uh the newly christened rio grande credit union field at isotopes park would have been basically just completely shut (laughs) off from the fans i'm sorry mouthful yes another minor bit of news the uh, local bank or local credit union rio grande credit union uh purchased the naming rights of the field at isotopes park i mean that's just a mouthful i'm just gonna call it the lab no matter what so rio grande credit union i'm sorry i don't know if you'll ever sponsor us or not but you know it's it's a mouthful it really is maybe maybe it gets shortened to like rgcu or something i don't know but anyway um yeah no the full netting would have just taken 
made a drastic change in the atmosphere there. You know, you've got the curse over there in the supporters section, you know, with the drums and flags. And the netting number one would have cut off that aspect of it. You know, you wouldn't have you know guys like David, you know, and, the, and those guys out front, uh, you know, leading you know from the capo position. Uh, well, the... you might have had him out there, but how weird would that have been to have David or RJ or whoever out on the field in the dirt? yelling at people through a net yeah. that just seems crazy to me <laughs> no absolutely and, and and yeah just the the physics of it you know where the net would have been it would have cut off some of those flags you know you know from waving out on the field you had those drums all smushed into that one area you know <clears> you <throat> take seats away from other folks who aren't necessarily part of the curse but in that supporter section so that so that the drummers would have enough room so that the flag wavers would have room to wave their flags and then of course like you said you know the the post-match tradition that we have here now uh where the players and and troy walk around the pitch greeting you know saying hi to everyone taking photos selfie you know doing autographs all that kind of stuff after every single match it would have just completely cut that out altogether. so honestly i don't know if the club was consulted before this decision before the initial decision was made um to go ahead and just do what mlb says like i understand the need for safety I'm not disputing that, but I think that if they had just thought about it for a minute, if they consulted with the club, you know, the the outcry from the from the supporters wouldn't have been necessary. I mean, I was super glad to see it. Don't get me wrong. I think it it, it definitely affected a change, you know, in the you know within the city council and their decision making. Um, maybe there was a more cost effective option. I I don't know. You know, other than it costing the club, you know, ten thousand dollars for every time it has to be transitioned, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's hard to say. Uh, maybe retractable netting, you know, instead of having to you know rig it up and take it down, maybe that would have been better. But I, I definitely think that there's a there's a massive difference in the atmosphere at an Isotopes game, and compared when you compare it to a United match, there really is. Oh yeah, for sure. And back to the uh, retractable thing. So, so again, my understanding, not reporting, but understanding was that um, I imagine the club had not been informed about it. Uh, and the isotopes or the city or whoever, whoever was in charge of buying the netting actually went and bought the netting before all this happened. That's why it's costing us so much to put up and take down is because it's, it's, from my understanding, it's not retractable netting that we're putting up and taking down. It is just the netting that is up already, and we're right. having to go through the process of manually taking it down and putting it back up. So had they come to the team beforehand or talked to the public about it beforehand, uh, I think maybe retractable netting would have been bought. Um, I also think that they're looking at, I, I think they might have been thinking that, oh, well, United's only in here for a few more years. Uh, it doesn't matter, or they'll be okay or the fans will get over it, or I don't know what their thought process was there, but it definitely is something that probably should have been looked at before they went ahead and purchased the equipment for the netting itself. But I'm happy that they're taking it down and putting it back up. Um, And I think that that it's going to be an important part of of the uh, season again is having that connection with the team. Yeah, like you said, fortunately we only have to deal with it until we get the new stadium built. Uh, hopefully within the next couple of years, and we won't ever have to talk about netting ever again. Um, plus, I think it also has the added benefit of, uh, you know, we've seen stadiums that have 
uh, odd camera placements. Now that yes. might be because of netting. I don't know, but the removal of the netting is going to help you know our broadcast here. Um, you know when the U- when USL comes to uh, and does the the national broadcast. Of course, everything is of course on ESPN Plus. Um, I have to double check our schedule to see if we have any you know, national broadcasts. I think we've got one this year. I think we have one on ESPN News and one on ESPN Deportes. All right. So, yeah, we'll definitely let everyone know when those are coming up. But speaking of broadcast partnerships, um, this past year ESPN Radio 117, the team, uh, did become the official radio broadcast partner of New Mexico United. And they broadcast, I think I think it was like six, I think it was um, all but like five of the home matches this past year. Um, they announced a few weeks ago that ESPN Radio 1017 team and the club had extended their broadcast uh, deal for through the 2021 season. Um, they will be broadcasting every single home match, select away matches, and the uh, U.S. Open Cup matches as well. Uh, I think this is huge. I mean, the club made uh, huge strides uh, this past season, not only with the 101 ESPN Radio 1017 the team deal, but also with you know the, the matches being televised on uh, Australia TV locally here. Um, we haven't heard anything about Australia yet this year. I don't know if anything's going on there. Hopefully, we hear something soon. Um, but yeah, I, I think having the the 1017 the team connection is, is huge for the club. Uh, I believe it is the uh, number one sports station here in the state. Um, so yeah, that's super exciting. And as part of the deal, uh, ESPN 101.17 will is still hosting a United weekly radio show, which airs on Saturdays, uh, hosted by David and RJ from the curse. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, Jacob, like to me, this is a huge deal. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier that, you know, I write for ESPN for 101.17. Um, I think this is a huge deal. Uh, having those broadcast partnerships um, definitely extends expands the reach of the club and allows more people to get exposure to something that they might not normally you know, have the opportunity to, to listen to. Yeah, I think uh, I think that the radio broadcast uh, just kind of builds off of last year and is is definitely a good thing for for the several hundred thousand people in Albuquerque area that aren't one of the lucky fifteen thousand that make it to the match. Uh, as a way to listen and follow along. I I look at this and I think that uh, it has to be the start of some bigger stuff too. I mean, you've got, you already got the, the broadcasting the games and then you've got David and RJ's United Weekly show. And, um, and I have to think that other, other forms of media are going to, going to drop news uh, eventually whether it be uh, a local TV show or a lo- local broadcast of the games on television, or um, like we had some last year, I think uh, somebody's going to pick that up, especially building off looking at the success that we had last year and the popularity behind the club. That I think it just makes sense for for uh, maybe even a bidding war there to kind of start and and get some more funds going to the team and and. I have to I have to believe that the at least the home games will be broadcast on television somewhere. Again, like always, I have said or like I've said through this whole podcast, that's my opinion, not reporting. I just think <laughs> that that uh, that writing is kind of on the wall with how popular the club is and then the radio broadcast partnership. And I think there's a there's another there's a TV show that's coming out with uh, 
Andy Hagerman and Adam Dio there. Uh, I think it's going to be on YouTube. Josh Correo is is a part of that, I believe. I could be completely mistaken, yeah, I, I but I'm pretty called, sure that's uh, what's going on. Fever Pitch, at least that's yeah. the name that that's, that's the name that I heard. So, yeah, I, I that is that is what it is. Uh, I'm not sure where they're actually. I'm pretty sure they're broadcasting on on YouTube, but I could be completely wrong. I'm not exactly sure where to find it, but uh, we've got that going. We've got a bunch of stuff going. I think this is. I think we're one of the only clubs that have three now podcasts because uh, we've got the curse cast we've got us and we've got our buddies over at seek and strike um i know several t- several clubs have one maybe two uh but i think we might be the first to have three so it's just going to be media coverage abound for for this club this year i think and it's just going to only continue to grow in popularity yeah definitely and you mentioned something you and you said, you know, you're of the opinion that you think we're going to have some TV coverage. I don't know if you saw uh, about a month or so ago, the club put out uh, a tweet uh, asking for folks to sign up for the opportunity to possibly audition for broadcast positions with the club. Did you happen to catch that? I, I, I did. I wasn't sure if it was for television or for radio, so, but I, I did see something about it. Yeah, so that went out a while back, and one of the things that I tweeted out, one of the things I talked about, was a Spanish language broadcast position. So maybe that is a tie into Australia, and maybe that's a you know tie into something else. I don't really know, um, but I, there's definitely something in the works at the club. Um, of course, you know we will you know, we'll try to find out what's going on before uh, uh, it gets announced. But uh, even if we even if we don't hear anything, we will definitely you know, when when news comes out about it, we will. Uh, bring it to you uh, as soon as we can but there's definitely something going on we'll just have to wait to see what it is yeah i I think you're right i think something something's going to come of something here and and uh, we're gonna for those of us like my grandma so i love my grandma to death anything that i have an interest in she takes an interest in it and almost every match last year she was like is it gonna be on tv can i watch it can i watch it no she doesn't have espn plus otherwise she would be able to watch it, um, but um, I'm hoping that she can actually watch some games on on her on her television without ESPN Plus at least sometime next year, other than the one ESPN News game and the ESPN Deportes game. So speaking of ESPN Plus, if you don't have ESPN Plus, like it is by far one of the best you know bang for your buck that you can buy anywhere. I mean, exactly. for, I think it's like five, six dollars a month. You get USL Championship. You get uh, League One. You get, uh, I think you get Bundesliga. You get so many different. I think you get oh, yes, Serie A. You get uh, MLS uh, out of market matches. Not to mention all the other sports. You get collegiate sports. You get all kinds of stuff. Go and, and again, we're not sponsored by ESPN Plus or ESPN or by any means. I I have ESPN Plus. I've had it for the past two years now, and I would not trade that service for anything in the world. It is unbelievable the amount of content you get for only five dollars a month. You get uh, you get open you get all the Open Cup. You get and so, so that's another bonus right there. Matches you wouldn't typically get to see, clubs you wouldn't normally see. You're gonna get to see them here over the course of the next few months uh, with ESPN Plus. And and if you're not a soccer fan, which I don't know why you wouldn't be a soccer fan if you're listening to us right now but if you're not they've got ufc they have uh some nhl games they have some nba games um it's it really is really is worth it you know i mean six dollars for all of that like 
basically I could, if it was, if I was single and lived by myself, I wouldn't have cable. I wouldn't have Hulu. I wouldn't have Netflix. I would basically just have ESPN plus and that's all that would be on my, on my computer. So I don't blame you at all. All right. So that's all the recent news. Uh, I mean, we can talk about the wooden spoon if you want. Um, We don't really have a whole lot of details on that. Um, I know nothing about it. So, all right. so yeah, there, there's a there's a supporter driven uh, trophy that's uh, well, two actually. There's one that we don't know anything about at all. Then there's a Twitter account. If you haven't seen it, go out check it out. Twitter.com. They're at USL Spoon. It is a, a supporter driven uh, trophy basically that's given to the worst club in USL. Uh, it's made all out of wood, as far as I can tell. Um, uh, so they actually, they actually reached out to the New Mexico United subreddit, and I can pull. Let me pull up uh, what they said, because um, I asked so them I, a few I, questions. I did see a picture of it. I do believe, and it looks like a World Series. Like if anybody has ever seen the World Series trophy with a bunch of flags and kind of a circle, kind of cut. It's 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 hard to explain. It's basically that, but with wooden spoons. And if I'm not mistaken, it it goes to the worst club that's actually participating in it. Is that yes. I don't. Um, so the worst, the worst supporter group, or the supporter group of the worst team that's actually involved in this, uh, yeah. is who will get the trophy. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Um, so for this one here, the the at USL Spoon, um, it is not associated with the ISC, the Independent Supporters Council, um, and of the, uh, and as of as, unless something's changed, I believe all of the clubs are participating, except uh, well, all the supporters groups are participating, with the exception of the Curse and the supporters groups from FC Tulsa. Uh, those clubs will, those supporter groups will be taking part in whatever is being done by the Independent Supporters Council. Um, that one we don't know anything about. So I actually reached out to the creator of at USL Spoon um, and just to, uh, just asked him a few questions. Um, so I, um, I, I wasn't sure how they were going to play this, if they are going to play it like they're actually the, the trophy or not. So I just, you know, first question I asked is, what type of wood are you made from? Would you keep anyone warm on a cold night? Um, they were So they opened it up, asked for suggestions on what type of wood to be used. Um, and they said that, um, I asked, could you serve another purpose, such as a hat rack, or where would you prefer to be stored? Um, they said, well, of course it could be used as a hat rack or a scarf. I'm not suggesting anyone do it, but I want to try to use all the spoons at once. Um, and then they did go on to say that... Um, uh, as far as being stored somewhere, they want to be in the supporter group's fa- supporter group favorite bar, or probably displayed in the team trophy case. But they don't want to be hidden away anywhere. Um, and then during the off season, so it'll it, their plan is to award it to the to the to the club with the worst record at the beginning of the following season, and or the supporters group of that of that club for the following season, and they'll keep it for the year. And then at the end of the year, it will return to Spoon HQ um, and remain there for the offseason. Um, so, yeah, uh, just a few quick uh, – I just started, as I said, shot a few quick questions to them. Uh, I, I think it's a great idea. You know, the more supporters you have involved, the more people you have involved, the better the community grows. And so I just think it's a fun little thing. And so the New Mexico United subreddit has actually stepped up and agreed to uh, be representation for the club. Uh, for the for the uh, wooden spoon, so 
Yeah, if you haven't checked out, if you're not on Reddit, I suggest you go check it out. Uh, we are, uh, I'm one of the moderators over there. It is reddit.com forward slash r forward slash New Mexico United. Uh, we're just over 500 members currently. Uh, we have match day threads that go on over there. We, uh, report, we report all the news that goes on. Really great community. Um, and we have a lot of interactions with the uh, USL community as a whole over at r slash USL pro. All right. So that's all of the news that we have for this week. Oh, no, I take that back. Something did drop today. Did you see this? I don't know. <laughs> did you? There, so the club tweeted. I'm sure it was on Facebook. I, I'm not a big on Facebook, but the club tweeted out a photo of the team ah, van yes. down in White Sands. They also had a photo of um, Moreno running through white sands uh and that's tough on the on the ankle on the on the hammies on the quads trying to train in that sand down there it can't be great but their their little uh uh comment on it was that he it looks like he was wearing a black jersey but they said it, he's not wearing a black jersey and it's a uh, keying up for their away jersey reveal which is going to happen saturday at the black and yellow bash um so we will have a jersey to look forward to before the next episode, which I can't wait for because I, I know we switched over to Puma. That was something that wasn't in the latest mm-hmm. news because it's not really that new, but yeah. uh, we did make the jump from Adidas to Puma. And uh, despite uh, some, well, d- depending on what you saw, uh, yes, we weren't, we aren't the first club ever in America, per- first, first professional club ever in America to have Puma, um, but we are the only current club that I know of to have it. And, uh, I love what they're doing with Man City's uniforms over in the English Premier League. And uh, to have the Meow Wolf logo on the at least the home kits and the ideas that we can do there, I can't wait to see what they come up with over here. So a hypothetical, or a, uh, let's, let's take a guess here. Do you think we get a new sponsor this year on either of the kits? Now, you know, we are one of, the, one of the few, if not the only club, to have different sponsors between the home and away kits. Do you think that changes this year? Does Crane Shares come back? We didn't actually see the Crane Shares kits all that much last season. We, uh, for most of the Open Cup matches, we ended up you know playing on the road in our home Meow Wolf kits. So do you think we see a new sponsor somewhere? So from my understanding, uh, we will not. It will be the same two. Uh, it will be Meow Wolf and for the home kits and Crane Shares for the away kits. Uh that's my understanding. I believe that I heard that from somebody somewhere, but it's been a long off season and I don't remember where I heard it from. So I'm almost positive that we will not have any new sponsors on there, um, but we will have new kits. Can't wait. Uh, new kits are always exciting. I know people are uh, just kind of waiting, you know, with money burning holes in their pockets, uh, waiting to get some of the new kits. Um, I need to get myself one this year. Uh, the, unfortunately, the only United gear that I have so far, uh, aside from the flags, is I've got uh, I've got a towel and I've got the uh, uh, the Cardiff City uh, scarf, nice. which is absolutely great. And then I have a, a Santi signed uh, shirt that I won last year from Peter on Twitter. <laughs> nice. Uh, I will I will not list everything that I have because the list is too long. We will be here for way too long. Uh, it. It is a lot. Uh, my, I will say my most prized one is my Cardiff City scarf because it is signed by the Englishman himself, Brucey. 
Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, Bruce was one of my favorites last season. Um, I did an article with him last year. Uh, I can't wait to sit down and talk with him again this year. Um, but speaking of Brucey, that brings us to the off season. What an off season the club had. You know, we we had a, we saw a lot of change, not only in the front office but on the from the roster as well. Uh, we saw. Um, we saw guys leave. Uh, let me pull up our entire list here of of changes. Um, Ethan, Tony, Josh Goss, Tommy Madden, Kenny Akamatsu, Kevon, and Santi all uh, did not have their either did not have their options uh, exercised by the club or chose to sign elsewhere. And then, of course, we had several new signings this year. Uh, Philip Beigel came in as a goal, new goalkeeper. Kalen Ryden, David Najem. And, of course, I'm sorry for pronouncing these names wrong. We will get them right. Uh, Andrew Tenari came in. Joris Alvini as midfielders. Then we have Amando Moreno, Romeo Parks, and Sammy Sergi as new forwards. Uh, so a lot of changes there just on the roster. And then for those that... If you haven't followed the club closely enough this offseason, uh, Ron Patel has left for RGV. Uh, Liz Davis, the club's former communications director, has gone on to, I believe it was the reign of the NWSL. And then, um, let's see, what, what else happened? There was another change. There's someone else that left as well. Um, Seth. Uh, Seth was our box office guy. Uh, I talked to him a lot last year. He moved back to Australia to be with his wife, where she lives, uh, where they both live now. Um, and then I know that there were several other, uh, several other people that will no longer be working with the club and, and I'm not, uh, trying to put them down by not remembering their names right now. I just can't remember, um, everybody's name here, <clears throat> but yeah, we did have a lot of turnover, um, basically everywhere. And I think that, that it, where it does suck at times, it does also speak to, uh, our success that we had last year and people, people in other organizations going, Hey, uh, these guys knew what they were doing. They, uh, their box office success, their success on the pitch, um, it all got recognized, and therefore we got poached um, for a couple of our, couple of our high talented players and a lot of our very very talented front office staff. So looking at all the all the losses that we had, all the people leaving, um, who do you think has which of these losses has the biggest impact on the club? And it could be anyone, front office or from the actual roster. So I kind of have two uh, that really stick out to me. One that um, when we talk about the key signings um, might not end up being as big of a deal, but um, losing Santi just really, really stings. Um, had he gone anywhere, it would have stung. The fact that he went to Phoenix makes it sting just ever so slightly worse. Um, but what he did on and off the pitch for us um, is just going to be hard to replicate. And um, I I loved watching him on the field. Yes, there were um, moments just with everybody, you know, where we just he he made mistakes and or he did things that he got too predictable, whatever. Um, Look, these guys are great, and I love them. Uh, if they were perfect, they would not be playing for us, let's face it. Um, so having losing him and some of the threat and that he... I mean, he started off last year just on fire uh, the first month or so. And then, yeah, he cooled off, but um, I think we, you definitely saw defense, defenses key in on him way more as the season went along because he was that big of a threat. 
and that where his production might have gone down, it led to other people being able be, to be able to be more productive uh, in the goal scoring, scoring goals and whatnot. Um, so he, as far as on the pitch, that's that's the one that um, I look at that I think is going to hurt us more than any of the other ones uh, in the front office. Uh, losing Ron, I think, is um, is just going to be uh, a big blow there. Uh, he, I mean, he helped found um, Albuquerque's soul, uh, rest in peace. And um, he did so much for this club. I I had several moments with him during matches at the home game where where I watch from upstairs because I don't actually watch in the press box uh, like most of the press. I would go outside and stand uh, just above the. Oh, I forgot what it is, but uh, down the third baseline, right above the third base entrance, I would stand there and watch, and he would walk by. And I think the last five or six matches we had at home, he stopped and would watch five or six minutes of the match with me, and it seemed like every single time we scored a goal. Now, a couple of those were called back because of offside, but uh, we we celebrated a lot every time he was up there because he every time he was up there, we seemed to score. So... Um, I'm going to miss him watching him work up there during the matches and, and I watch the matches with him. And, and then on a personal note, um, from the roster, uh, Tony Soler was, uh, instrumental in getting someone seen his news off the ground last year. Um, he was at our very first meeting with the club. He wrote multiple articles for us. He was the head, the front page article for every written article or every written or every printed newsletter that we did, he was the front page article for, uh, and he was just a really, really great guy. He he loved New Mexico. He loved uh, the people here, and uh, I really, really was tore up to see him go, but I, I wish him the best, and uh, I understand that uh, we can't keep everybody in this business. So those were the three I cheated, um, but three losses for me that, that really stuck out. Um, do you pretty much agree with those? You got some some other names in there? Yeah, those are definitely huge losses. I actually had Ron on my list as well. Um, I mean, Ron is, you know, he did such a good job, you know, out there in the front office, um, you know, interacting with him on match days and even outside that. We got to hang out with him some uh, during the away matches over at at Salt Yard. And so, yeah, yeah, there was one night, it was just uh, myself, Ron, and uh, Chris Walker from Seek and Strike. We were just hanging out, talking club stuff, you know, and uh, just we were watching. I think it was uh, one of the Open Cup matches. Uh, I met his wife, just um, absolutely incredible guy. Um, he was uh, always willing to help out, um, you know, with, with with independent media. And I, I just, I think Ron, RGB's got an absolute you know, gem and Ron being able to steal him away. Uh, great opportunity yeah. for him to go out there. Um, so yeah, definitely gonna miss Ron and, and what he brings uh, to the to the club. Um, excuse me. From the uh, from a player perspective, um, yeah, Santi Stings. I I really wish he had gone. If he wasn't coming back, I wish he had gone somewhere in the Eastern Conference, if not for the sure. MLS, you know, or, or some other league. But yeah, him seeing him in Phoenix is definitely gonna it's, it's gonna suck. Um, the first first time out there hopefully the hopefully the supporters you know give him some love like when he comes back uh when phoenix comes here this year but uh not too much you know cheer him when he comes out but after that you know don't don't let up on him uh while they're out on the pitch but um honestly i'm gonna go and 
and I know some people are going to say Kev was the biggest loss. Um, and while we'll definitely miss his productivity, I, I don't I don't think he is the biggest loss for the club. From from my perspective, honestly, um, losing out on Kenny Akamatsu is going to be a big deal. Kenny was a young talent, uh, came out of the University of Denver. Um, I think he he didn't really get a whole lot of time on the pitch. So I think he kind of missed out a little bit. He didn't really get the chances that other guys would have. And I think with the with the with the midfield losses that we had this year with the, with the changes, you know, like I said, Tony, Josh Goss, Tommy, Kenny. I think Kenny really could have had an opportunity to step up and really contribute. Um, when we saw him out there, like he was always full of energy. Um, I think he definitely had a spark and would have played really well opposite uh, opposite Brucey. Um, so I, I definitely think that you know him not being a part of the club this year uh, for me personally it was a huge loss um, was it's, he didn't necessarily produce like the other guys did but I, I think that you know he could have really shown this season given uh, a real opportunity uh, to make a mark. yeah I, I hadn't um, unfortunately Kenny didn't get the run that uh, he might have deserved a little bit last year and and because of that I hadn't I, that whole group of um, the first five that they announced weren't wouldn't that wouldn't be coming back was Goss, Kenny, Tony, Tommy, and Ethan. And uh, even at that among that group, I mentioned mine and Tony, uh, me and Tony having the connection there. Um, so when those five were announced, I kind of keyed in on on so they're not coming back, and I hadn't really given uh, Kenny en- enough enough thought. Um, he came in. He played well against Cardiff City. He had the goal against Cardiff City, um, and looked good most of the time when I saw him out there. Um, he he was young. He wasn't experienced in the professional bouts or professional ranks. But I, I think you could be right. He him, leave, him leaving might come back and bite us uh, in the future if if he turns around and goes somewhere and actually starts to produce. So yeah, that's one I that I seen... hadn't even thought of. I haven't seen if he if he signed on anywhere yet. I have to look into that. But um, if that's the end of Kenny's run in the USL, I think it's a shame. I I, yeah. I think he's super talented, but uh, you know I mean, that's just the way it goes in the off season. It, it, it's like that with every sport. You know, you're gonna lose. You know that that unsung that unsung guy that everyone likes. You know, or but and then you're gonna hope that your club brings someone in to replace them. You know, I mentioned earlier. You know, all the signings that we brought in. Um, you know, looking at we brought in a, a two um, two new defenders, new keepers, and midfielders, especially. And of course, you know, we basically retooled our entire front line, our entire forward core. Um, of these guys that we brought in, who do you see slotting in almost as like a an immediate starter? Who or who do you think makes the biggest impact on the club this season? Well, from what we've seen in the off season, I don't know if you can say. Uh, any of these guys are going to come in and be an immediate starter because I feel like we've just have we just have a lot more depth and a lot more people that are that are capable of competing night in the night out in the starting lineup. So I don't know of anybody that might just step in and and be a everyday starter uh, right off the bat. Uh, the closest two, I think, in my opinion, are going to be Kalen Ryden um, coming in over from from um, Real Monarchs, just won the championship was instrumental in their back line, scored a couple goals in the playoffs. Um, 
just I, I think out of all the signings that we made, uh, he was definitely the splashiest as far as well known being well known in the USL Championship community, and uh, I think he's going to bring a lot to the table and help sure up our back line. Um, and then I think other than that, I I think I'm most excited about Amando Moreno. Um, I I look at him and kind of see a direct Santi replacement. Um, Moreno spent last year with the Chicago Fire in the MLS. Uh, he didn't get a whole lot of run, but um, he he got that experience and knows what it's like to compete up there and, and compete against the big boys in American soccer, so to speak. And uh, I think coming down here to a, a little bit lower uh, class of player, I think we could see him just eat all year. And I think we can just see him just wreck some people. Um, so I'm really excited to see what he brings. I know uh, in the the match that we had, the inter-squad match that we had after Colorado Springs got snowed in, uh, I watched that replay, and he stood out to me just with his speed and his aggressiveness. And uh, now we haven't been able to watch any of the other matches um, because they've all been closed, but um, Sammy has been on a tear as far as scoring goals and I think he could be um, rookie of the year type material, but uh, the I want to see him in the regular season just because with those being closed matches, you know we can't see who he's going up against when he scores these goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't see if he's going up against the top line or the top defense defensive players from these other clubs, or if he's going against some trialists that are trying to make the team, or or what he's going up against. So I'm I'm super excited for what I've heard from him and seen from him um we had uh, a friend of mine that was actually down in tucson for the okc energy um scrimmage and it was closed but she was able to see some of it and she said that uh his goal was definitely hard earned and uh, a really good goal so i think um even if even if his competition wasn't necessarily the first class defense from oklahoma city I think he definitely definitely is something to be excited about. But for my two, I will definitely say that Ryden and Moreno are the two that I think will step in and produce right away uh, for sure. What about you? Yep. Sorry, I had myself muted there. Um, so um, I was saying, once again, you went and stole one of my names. I had Kalen Ryden on my list as well. Um, so, you know, talented defender, experienced guy, came up, just came over. Like he's mentioned from the from USL champion, uh, Real Monarchs. Uh, I think he's going to step in and immediately compete, if not take a uh, starting position. Um, he he's got some height back there, which is something that we've desperately needed. Uh, we suffered a little bit last season uh, with some shorter guys on that defensive line. Uh, so I think he definitely steps in and makes an immediate impact. Um, and I don't know if he does that. Who I mean, maybe I, mean, I hate to say it, but you know, maybe um, we see less of Sam or maybe less of Justin uh, there in the back. Uh, I hate to see, you know, you hate to see that, but uh, I think Kalen brings a a different le- skill set, a different um, level of skill than uh, than the other guys do right now. Um, I agree. The only thing um, that I see might happen in there. I don't know how open coach will be to changing his formation that we, we saw him with the four four two almost all of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with Schmidt, Tete, 
and write him. Um, we have the opportunity to maybe try, I think it was uh, David Carl actually on the first United Weekly got asked about an opening day or a best starting lineup or I don't remember what the question was, but he mentioned a, I believe it was a 5-3-2 um, with Ryden, Schmidt, and Tete back in the back along with Suggs and Padilla as kind of um, the, I'm not a soccer guy, so I don't know positions all that well. Um, but they'll be on the outside in the defense where they, I mean, we saw them all last year kind of bombing up and contributing to the offense. Uh, and then Bryden, Tete, and Schmidt could kind of s- sit back. Now, if that doesn't happen, then we are in for a position battle back there uh, with Bryden, Tete, and Schmidt taking up those two center, two of those taking up the center back roles in that 4 4 2. And that could be interesting. Yeah, no, it definitely will. I really want to see what that opening day. Um starting 11 looks like you know who's in there um you know how much time do they get i think that's going to be uh telling at least going forward for the first you know few weeks of the season uh as as troy tries to figure out you know who the best fit is who makes the biggest impact on what he wants to do uh scheme wise um you mentioned sammy sergi sammy is someone that i i have my eye on Uh, when they announced him i went looking at his at his tape and he's He's not the paciest guy, but he's smart on the ball. He's very good at you know distributing when necessary, and he he knows how to finish. Um, you know he in his highlight reel like he's he's got some shots from outside the box, um, got some from inside the box, and he's a little bit taller as well, which is something that we again we needed some height. That's something that you know we saw other clubs you know where they were able to dominate over us uh, last season. Um, so you know, even you know, even at six two, I mean, that still brings some height that we didn't have. Um, young guy, I think he's uh, coming into a system where he can really learn. He's got, you know, he's gonna, he's going to be able to learn. Um, you know, under Devin, under um, you know, and under Troy, and I think it's going to be a huge benefit for him. Uh, you know, especially starting his professional career. I agree, and I think. Uh... I think if he turns into something like he's been, if he's if he's anything like he is in the if he's anything in the regular season like he has been this preseason, then we're gonna have a position battle up top as well, uh, with Dev him and then Romeo Parks coming over from Ireland. Um, I think those three up top will make for, give us some depth and uh, push each other to be better, and I think it'll it'll definitely be interesting to see that opening day starting lineup. I can't imagine there'll be an opening day starting lineup without Devin Sandoval in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, throughout the year, as it goes on, uh, I, I could see Sammy, if he just keeps performing like he has been this preseason, kind of force his way into getting a starting spot here and there or being a super sub and coming in basically every match for Devin in the 60th minute or so and trying to get some goals later in the match. Mm-hmm. I think those are those are the positions that I'm looking at that are definitely kind of intriguing to see what I think our, our midfield is almost set. Uh, if we look at what we had last year and kind of coaches stuff last year with Guzman and Salil in the middle, uh, a little bit of Sam Hamilton in the middle every once in a while. Um, Sam brought some diversity there, being able to play center back, being able to play, center mid just being able to do a lot of different things and then on the on the outside especially if it's that 442 I think you got to have Moreno on one side and uh 
Some people will say Brucey shouldn't be on the other side because Brucey is more of a 30-minute player than a 90-minute player. But uh, see, I, I would love to see. That. Yeah, I would love to see Brucey get some starts. So mm-hmm. I, I think uh, Brucey and Moreno on the outside of those, but the back line and the for, and the forward spots are definitely definitely something that I'm intrigued by and could be up for grabs. Yeah, looking at that midfield, you know, the way I would line it up, you know, Brucey out on the right, you know, Moreno on the left, you know, you got Bees and Juan Pablo in the middle. I think that's a I think that's a killer midfield right there. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind to see, uh, you know, one of Devin, Romeo, and Sammy up on top, and then kind of like a four-four-one-one, which I know we we uh, dabbled with last year, but have uh, one of those four up top, and then bees behind them, mm-hmm. and then the four-man midfield of Morano on one side, Bruce on the other, and then uh, Salil and Guzman uh, in the two middle spots um, with. And I, I, I haven't seen enough of the new midfielders that we signed to know if they're going to be pushing anybody for a spot there. But I would love to to make sure we have some depth there and Guzman and Salil have some some people that can push them and make them better as well. While we're kind of prognosticating, you're trying to figure out what Troy might line up out there. Um, looking at our schedule, you know, can you pick out a couple matches that stand out to you? You know, really matches that we should kind of you know look forward to. Um, you know, either from a Western Conference uh, standpoint as a possible, you know, uh, postseason battle or someone that we might be competing with for a position in the table. Well, I think if you look at the Western Conference this year, you know, and and this is a league that, you know, the, I mean, even in the leagues like the MLS and the English Premier League, where everybody is kind of familiar, or like the media is kind of familiar with everybody, and they try to guess at what's going to happen. You know, a lot of times they're wrong. And in this league, specifically, you know, we're not as familiar with every single name and every single move. Um, I can go through the transfer tracker at USL Championship, uh, the website for the USL Championship, and not recognize but maybe a third of the names um so it's really hard to kind of guess who's going to be where come the end of the year when we're just looking at the offseason and that being said i i think that almost every game this year is going to be important it's going to be i mean that that's kind of obvious but they're going to be tough i think um the playoff spots aside from a few at the bottom a few teams at the bottom are going to be wide open again this year, much like they were last year for the first portion of the year. But uh, I can still circle some matches on here for both uh, rivalry reasons and for uh, positioning, playoff positioning reasons. And, of course, the first one you have is the home opener against El Paso. Um, not a rival, but still somebody that we uh, enjoy uh, playing and beating. Um so, so that's that's the first one for me. Do you kind of agree with that one? Do you think that's a uh, that's that's the first one circled on most people's calendars? Uh, yeah, purely for the significance of the fact that it is the first ma- first home match of the season. Um, outside of that, yeah, like you said, not a rivalry. Um, so yeah, purely for the fact that it's a home opener, I think we get a, a large crowd for that. Um, but you know, it's it's smell Paso eighth notch isn't going to be too happy about it. But sorry, guys, you know, you're just not as important to us as Phoenix is. Um, there's, uh, sorry, there's no rivalry there. Um, 
for me, looking at the schedule, um, honestly, I think, um, I mean, we dropped points last season to guy, to other clubs right around us in the table that we really shouldn't have dropped points to. So I think, um, you know, when we face Orange County, I think that's going to be a key matchup. Uh, if we can take clubs from, you know, like Orange County, especially, um, because yeah, they come here on May 23rd, and then we return the favor uh, in September. So a long time apart between those two matches, but I think those that that, that series there with with Orange County, and then also with um, I would say San Antonio. I think San Antonio is going to be another t- tough team to beat this season. Um, our, our you know, friend of the show Harry, um, you know, covers San Antonio out there. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be another one. They're, they fin- I have to look back to see where they finished this past season, but I think that clubs like that, like Orange County, San Antonio, you have to take cl- points off those guys who are going to be mid-table in order to help solidify our own position. So, you know, yeah, you can you can circle Phoenix. Um, you can circle Colorado Springs just because those are gimme wins. But, um, yeah, I, so- I think that's what it is. I don't necessarily agree that Colorado Springs are going to be gimme wins this year. Um, but that's just a feeling that I have. And, and I was actually impressed with them most of last year. They just weren't getting results, and I don't know why. Um, back to San Antonio for a minute. I also disagree there. I'm not sure how good they're going to be this year. Um, I haven't liked a lot of what they did. They lost some key players, and they have some young guys that we'll have to see if they step up. But... Um, um, they also were the team that finished 11th last year. They are the ones that lost to Colorado, or drew at Colorado Springs that final year, final match of the day of the year that allowed us to get over them and get into the playoffs. So they didn't even make the playoffs last year. Um, I am, I agree with you on the Orange County games. Those are going to be uh, tough. Uh, they're going to be important. They're going to be ones to definitely watch. Um, Oklahoma City, Tulsa. Uh, are both teams that I expect to be right there in the thick of things. But I I can't, and uh, as with Austin, actually, um, Austin made the playoffs last year. Last year was their first year as well. Uh, I think they, they did enough this year to either stay at that same tier that they were at or even get a little bit better. So I am, I'm uh, this first match this on March 7th when we play them, um, that's going to be big, I think. Um, it's going to be on the road, which isn't going to be, uh, we did fairly fairly decent last year on the road, um, so I'm I'm hoping that we can start off hot over there and get a couple wins at two people or two teams that I do think are going to be right there with us in the rank or in the standings uh, come the end of the year in in Austin and Tulsa. But you, I I can't I can't say I can't talk about key matchups without mentioning um, Phoenix here on June 13th. Um, that is a match that we need to fill the stadium up completely. We need to get over that 15,000 mark and we just need to, uh, scream our heads off at, at them and boo Santi if he scores, which hopefully he won't, uh, but cheer him and say hi to him afterwards and, and give him a hug afterwards. Um, but that match, as well as when we go to Phoenix later in the year, I believe it's in August 22nd. Yeah. Um, those two matches are are going to be important. Another one that I'm I'm really intrigued by is going to be towards the end of the year. We we finish off the year with four home matches in a row. Mm-hmm. We go Tulsa, RGV, San Diego, and then Reno. Um, San Diego and Reno 
are two teams that I'm just not sure what to expect of them. San Diego won because they are a brand new team. Uh, they're the only new team in the West, unlike last year when there was like four of us. Um, so I don't know what they're going to be. I know they made some good signings. I know that they um, have Landon Donovan as their coach. Uh, so I will be interested to see what they look like at the end of the year and if we're right there, they're right there in the thick of things or not. Um, and we'll talk more about our where we think we'll finish uh, later. But uh, I do think that that those two matches with San Diego and Reno at the end of the year are going to be are going to be uh, important. Basically, they're all going to be important. But those are two teams that I think will will be right there, right around us, right below us, and on the table. Yeah, I I I can see, definitely see those as being matches to definitely watch out for. Um, a little bit off topic, but I really want to see what happens when uh, Las Vegas meets San Diego. Eric Wynalda and Landon yeah. Donovan. I think that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, and of course, you know San Diego loyal coming into the league, uh, replacing Fresno, replacing Fresno, um, who folded uh, after the off season, uh, which is terrible because they played really well. I think they finished what second in the league. Yeah, second, second or third. Second or third remember. in the conference last season. So it really sucks for them. But uh, you know, San Diego Loyal, welcome to the league. Uh, I think they have a podcast out now. Um, we're going to say, yeah, don't listen to them. Ours do, is yeah. better. <laughs> we definitely have the better club. So, yeah, that's how that's going to go. Um, let's see. What did we have next on our list? Oh, yeah, Open Cup. Open Cup is something that was very divisive last season. Yes, we had a great run, made it all the way to the quarterfinals, one of two USL championship clubs to do so last year, the other, of course, being St. Louis FC. They missed out on the playoffs last year. We squeaked in uh, on the final week of the season. Um, where do you think, what do you think happens uh, as far as our Open Cup run this year? Do we, can we, do we somehow make it back to the quarterfinals? We, of course, you know, open up on April 7th against uh, Greenville, uh, which is, you know, right outside Troy's hometown. So, um, I mean, what do we think? Do we, do we see a, a continued focus on Open Cup this year? Do we see a, do we see it back off? How far do we get? Well, I think, I think the club will definitely look to make another deep run. Um, Troy mentioned last year uh, several times that if he didn't try to win Open Cup games, that the players would would revolt. So I fully, since we returned most of our players from last year, I fully expect the players to want to make another deep run. Uh, I think we are a little bit better positioned to make a deep run uh, as well as have success in the league this year with a lot of the depth that we added. Um, that was one thing that I wanted to mention to you and kind of get your your uh, take on. I can't help but think that the success um, in the box office and with the merchandise last year allowed ownership to kind of open up their pockets to go and get um, some better players. Because mm-hmm. I think if you look at the players that left and compare them to the players that came in, uh, I think it's a stark difference in, in talent, not to take anything away from the ones that left, but... Um, it was just people that I think came in and definitely probably cost a little more money and um, required us to, to open up those checkbooks and, and get some more quality depth in there. Do you kind of agree with that assessment of, of uh, the players that we have coming in are going to be uh, better and a little more expensive than the ones that left? I definitely think they are, um, and, and that does play into the success we had last year. You know, success you know, on the pitch, at the box office, merchandise sales, it definitely opened up um, 
options for us uh, more so than what we had in our inaugural season. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think that we we took a step up with some of these guys, especially you know like Keelan um, and some of the other guys that we brought that we brought in. Um, I think are definitely gonna improve the club overall. Um, and I agree. I think you you know the club's is still going to make Open Cup a priority um, with the changes to the format this year, where MLS is entering in the third round instead of the uh, well, I'm sorry, eleven MLS clubs are entering in the third round instead of in the fourth round like last year. Um, you know, I, I could I see us beating Greenville um, from there. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I I'd like to say that we at least make it back to the round of sixteen. Um, but yeah, I, beyond that, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, it'll really just depend on the, on the opponents in the third round. I agree that the draw decides a lot in this, uh, in the open cup format and, and Greenville is not going to be easy. I mean, they, they, uh, we can't take them for granted whatsoever. I think, I think one of the things that did us well last year was having to face Phoenix in the first round. Um, because we couldn't overlook them. It wasn't a, it wasn't a gimme by any means. I mean, we took, uh, we, we needed extra time and then a shootout to, to finally beat them. And we knew that it was going to be tough. So, so I definitely think that, uh, Greenville is going to be tough, but I will say that if, if we can get past Greenville, um, I do believe that we beat at least one MLS opponent, uh, because we don't know the draw. I can't tell you where that leaves us. Uh, I can't tell you if it means we're going to be in the round of 16 or if we're going to be uh, on the outside looking in, but I, I think we beat at least one MLS team again. Uh, probably not more than one, but uh, that's just because in any of those matches, we're going to be the underdog, uh, and it's hard to bet on the underdog more than once. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we ended up winning more than one against an MLS opponent, but but that's kind of where I'm at as far as uh, what I think we're going to end up as far as the Open Cup is. I think we'll, if we beat Greenville, which I think we will, but I don't want to overlook, then uh, if we play an MLS team the next round, we'll beat them. If we play a USL team, we'll beat them. And then we'll play an MLS team again in the fourth round. Or I, The rounds are so can, they're, they're so crazy to me that I'm not going to get the numbers right. But bottom line, I think we play and beat one MLS opponent, and then when we play a second one, if we play a second one, uh, it it might not be what we thought it was going to be. All right, so Open Cup for you, New Mexico United opens up on April seventh uh, from Greenville, South Carolina. That of course will be televised on ESPN Plus, so be sure to check that out. And that's going to bring us to our last question of the show. You and I kind of set up beforehand. Season as a whole, we finished you know top. 10 last season, squeaked into the playoffs and playing around. Made a lot of changes this offseason as far as the roster goes. Where do we finish in league play? I think that it's it's going to be hard for me to think that we're going to finish worse. <laughs> uh, that sounded a little redundant with a couple of things in there, but I don't think we're going to finish worse. I, I can't imagine a, a world in which we finish worse. Looking at what we did, looking at who we brought in, looking at who we lost. Uh, yes, we lost Santi. Yes, we lost Kevon. Um, but I think we did a good job of replacing them and a good job of adding depth, uh, which will help us if we do make an Open Cup run to kind of stay uh, afloat in league play. 
So I, I think if it were, I want to, <laughs> every part of me wants to say we're going to win the West. Um, I don't know if that's from a fan perspective or just me uh, actually looking at it subjectively. Uh, I know Phoenix is going to be up there because they're always up there and they, they did nothing to lose. They didn't, they hardly lost anybody. They added a lot of good players. Um, I think that they're going to be right there. I think Orange County is going to be up there. Um, and then I think we're going to be up there. And then I think there's going to be one more team that kind of makes a run at the top three, top four, uh, top two, top three, top four. So I, I think we comfortably finish in the top four. We comfortably host a first round playoff matchup. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. And then in the playoffs, I think uh, even if we finish four, five, or six, I think we have enough talent that if we can get hot, we're going to make the conference finals at least, if not the the or USL Cup finals. So, so I may be just I, I am always an optimist, but that is that is just kind of where I feel. I think the players that we added are going to add a lot to us, and I think that a, a top four in the West is where we should be. And it'll be a disappointment if we're not in the top four come the end of the regular season. All right. I like your predictions. I do. I really do. Um, I'm a little more, I think I'm going to be a little more bearish than you are. Yes, we've improved. Yes, we've uh, made a lot of changes. Um, we definitely should be deeper than last year. We shouldn't have the same letdown after the Open Cup as we did this season, as we did last season. But I don't think we necessarily break into the top four. I think maybe we finish you know, somewhere in the five, six area. Um, you know, there with Open Cup, if we do make it run this year, I think there will be a, a drop off in, in league form, just not as bad as we saw last year. Um, so fifth, six, I think Phoenix is definitely the, the team to beat. And then you've got Real behind them as far as league play goes. Um, yeah, I, I think those are going to be two of the teams that you got to watch out for. And, you know, Orange County is going to be in the mix in there. And I think, um, and this might sound crazy, but I think San Diego might be up there as well. Maybe not like top four or five, maybe around like eight. So I think they're a club to watch um, this year just to just to kind of see where they're at. So, um, yeah, that's why I think somewhere five, six, we're gonna squ- squarely in the playoffs. Um, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna make that run. And of course, you know, we'll be here week in, week out, you know, giving our, you know, our, our thoughts on the matches, you know, pr- you know, looking ahead, thinking, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what's going to happen with the club as the season goes on. Um, so yeah, long way to go. We've got now at, at as of right now, a week and a half until the season kicks off. <coughs> so yeah, uh, the wait is almost over. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I uh, I know that uh, March seventh is going to be a very big day for us, uh, both me and you, and then just any fan of the club in general. But that's basically going to do it for us this week, guys. I know we touched on a lot there. There was a lot in there, um, but we we had a lot to talk about it when we had this is our first episode, the first one of the season. So we had a lot to touch on in this off season. But uh, tune in again next week for um, our our episode kind of looking more in depth at the uh, Austin match in general and then uh, kind of talking a little bit more about the season and what we expect just a little bit more before the season actually gets rolling 
But before we get out of here, we wanted to remind everybody about the different ways you can get in touch with us. Uh, you can find us on social media, on Twitter. On, um, do we have an Instagram? I should know this. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I've been trying okay. to get us an Instagram so, under Dad Ventures, but um, we need so, to, we'll talk to Earl and see if we see what Somos has got going on. Cool, cool. So you can follow us on social media. Um, you can follow the Dad Ventures uh, Twitter page. Uh, Sun has a page on Facebook still that you can find us at. Uh, we've got the website, dadventuresmedia.com forward slash Somos Unidos, where you can find all of our written coverage of, uh, of United and everything related to United. Um, and then, of course, this podcast, uh, if you're a dad, you can go check out our Dad Ventures podcast as well. Um, but make sure wherever you're listening to podcasts and whatever podcast you listen to, whether it's ours or not, uh, subscribe, rate, and review, because that really does help any podcast that you listen to out. Um, and that's about it that I've got here. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. You can send us questions through our social media or by email. Um, we'll answer them on next week's show. We'll be back next week with our one-week preview and breakdown, like I said, of what we happens with Austin Bold on the 7th. Uh, so if you have anything that you want to ask about that game match specifically, get to us before next Tuesday night when we record next week's episode. You've been listening to Suncast, the official podcast of Somos Unidos News. The show was recorded in Albuquerque and Los Lunas, New Mexico, written and produced by Seth Benoff and Jacob Terrell, and was edited by Seth. Special thanks to Josh2 on YouTube for the music you heard on this week's episode. This episode was recorded and edited using CleanFeed and Audacity. All of our shows are proudly hosted on Pinecast.